Had I the heavens embroidered cloths, enwrought with golden and silver light, the blue and the dim and the dark cloths of night and light and the half-light, I would spread the cloths under your feet. But I, being poor, have only my dreams. I have spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly, because you tread on my dreams. Welcome and welcome around the virtual campfire for episode 138 of Frithcast. Come on in, settle in, warm your knees, grab a drink of choice, grab a biscuit from the biscuit tin, come and settle in with friends old and new as we have another conversation around the virtual campfire. Indeed. So before we start, we ought to introduce ourselves. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen with a head full of mostly knowledge. Mostly knowledge? Yeah, some of it's useful. Apart from the stuff that's... Not. Not. (laughs) And I'm Kate, and I'm a druid of sorts, primarily coffee-powered. And I have a head full of mostly Star Trek trivia. It's pretty good, and that's basically all I, all I, all I, all I really can offer. It's good for late night campfire conversations. This stuff, it is, yeah. it is, it is. I want a spot of cyberpunk, obviously. Oh, obviously. So before we get going, we would like to give our special greetings to all the lovely people at Awaken the North. Hello, hello, hello lovely you. people. Awaken the North is an inclusive international heathen organisation. It is very, very vibrant. There's a lot going on. There's lots of online events. There's lots of in-person events over in the States. There are lots of discussions going on and lots of very good posts in their Facebooks, on their Discords. Maybe if you're looking for an international inclusive organisation that is very active, give them a try. Take a look. Definitely worth your while. Yeah. So, lovely listeners, we started out today with a bit of a poem to kind of set a tone for where we want to go in this episode. It's going to be about Sean Bean, isn't it? It's not. Is it not? I mean, we could. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, celebratory deaths of Sean Bean. (laughs) Not to not to spoil equilibrium for anybody who spoiler hasn't seen it. it. And Lord um, of the Rings. But I mean it does happen fairly close to the beginning, but 
Yeah. I remember that whenever I hear that poem, I'm, I'm afraid I primarily think of Errol Partridge reading out of a book that he shouldn't have had. Oh, yes. And cleric John Preston having to deal with him. Yes. Well, not having to. I mean, how was... utterly powerful was those word, these words in that scene? Oh, definitely. However, we're not going to be talking about equilibrium. We're not going to be talking about um, dystopian future societies. Really? Unless you have. No, 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 no. You know. No. Um, but we are going to be talking about a topic which, if. If I may. Yeah, please. Um, some of you may have, and we're definitely not riding on any, on the coattails of any um, recent, remarkably popular TV show. Um, if... Do you know what? I hadn't even thought yeah, of that. Yeah, you haven't made the connection Whoa. at all, have you? <laughs> Pause for Suzanne's brain to catch up. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Thanks. I needed that minute. That's Carry right. on. Um, I'd not even considered that. Whoa, that's just blown my brain a little bit. Don't worry, lovely listeners. We will be back with you in a minute. I just need a moment to collect all my bits of expanded brain back into my skull before I carry on trying to have a verbal conversation. It only occurred to me. It only occurred to me a, a little while ago. I just, I just thought, oh, hang on, this is a. This is a this is a bit of a theme, but it's obviously been sitting in the back of our heads, hasn't it? For well, for, for a bit, I guess. I yeah. Up until now, I didn't realise there's only like you know dust bunnies and hope back there. There's not a whole lot. <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot in the back I've of my most, brain. I've mostly just got dust bunnies. If I give yeah. you some of my dust bunnies, can I have some of your hope? Yeah, oh, I will do an exchange program for dust bunnies. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> we were. Um, it is something that um, we have. We are both very interested. I mean, it's 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 why we were. I think it's I think it's probably why um, the um, the series in question sort of caught my imagination certainly because I've always been very interested in dreams. Yes, and that's kind of where I want to go with our discussion today mm. is around dreams and. Maybe a little bit of a delve into what they, some of the saga examples, the big famous example from the myth cycle. Yes, we are going to go there. Okay. And yeah, about maybe a little bit at the end about how we look at them now, whether we look at them in the same kind of ways mm-hmm. as they're described in the sagas. So yeah, um, Keeping in mind that the sagas are written down way after the fact, they are pretty much, you know, they are the main source of written evidence that we've got. Yeah. So we've got to keep in mind who they were written for, when they were written after that, because they're not written for modern heathens to figure out bits of the past. That's, That's not the intent with which they're written, because they just didn't even conceive of people like us at the time. So they're not written with us in mind. So we have to do the best with them that we can. Yeah. As, I mean, with a lot of... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not the expert in, 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 in ancient texts or anything, but, I mean, it, it is always the difficulty when you have 
any kind of uh, I know, strictly speaking, the sagas, the Eddas, the myth cycle itself, you know, in whatever form it, it comes to us, is not, it's not the same as, it's not the same sort of thing as other faiths might refer to as their scripture as such. No. Um, but I mean... I think it's you know it's fair to say that even in those cases, in the cases of those those other faiths, if, when you have your, your your sort of holy text or what have you, um, when it's more explicitly treated in that way, you still have to consider the fact that it was written in a certain historical context, a certain political context. It was understood that the people who it was being written for, yeah, knew what a lot of the references were and a lot of the. Um, like with um, Norse writings, you have your kennings and things, don't you? Yes, yeah, you have the fabulous kennings. So yeah, there's things like the kennings and there's literary forms that we don't use now. Yeah. That they did. But all that aside, I want to go back to the topic of dreams. And I want to look at a few from the sagas eventually. But I want to start with the big one, Baldur's Dreams, Baldur's Drama. Now this is, yes, drama is, I'm, I, I th I've probably said before in many episodes, I've never been entirely sure with Norse, um, uh, with Norse, Norse language, when you have a singular noun with an R at the end of it, whether you pronounce pronounce it or not i know sometimes when it's a plural it gets an ar and that's nice and easy so you get draumar i presume would be many dreams -es. many dreams -es. yeah but otherwise you have drama yes depending on whether you anglicize it or not so if you anglicize it it loses the r okay if you want to go back old school you put the er on the end er. and we are taking great care not to confuse it with drauger or llamas. Or llamas. Yeah. You or, can't have no Draugr drama llamas. Draugr drama llamas. Actually, the, I believe the plural of llama is llama. Llamas. So, Draugr Kendrick drama llamas. Drama <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the, the, anyway, back to Baldur. Back to Balder. So you referred to I think this was this was the one you referred to, referred to as the big one. This is yeah, this is these dreams in the myth cycle, Balder's dreams of impending doom mm -hmm. um are what sets off a chain of events which sort of that's the pebble that starts the Olive Avalanche, if okay. you like. That his dreaming those dreams but he doesn't just dream them he tells somebody else about them and asks his mother to interpret them okay and that's something we see in some of the other sagas as well that somebody will say oh i had a weird ass dream and somebody yeah. will go oh i got you fam i can interpret that shit for you yeah yeah um, i mean obviously now these days we have we have countless countless you know libraries full of books telling you how to interpret dreams and what they all mean yeah but um, it's a different kind of culture it, context with dreams then yeah it's obviously been a practice um 
the practice of oniromancy. Oniromancy. Um, is I am not spelling that. It's um, O N E I R O M A N C Y. Oniromancy. I feel like okay. I'm at a spelling bee. Um, but no, that is uh, obtaining information from from dreams. Yeah. Not to be confused with oniromaki, which is fighting in dreams. Anyway, can you? Because I'm um, ignorant. Can you? And it might be a it might be a big ask, as they say. But is it possible for you to sort of just summarize exactly what the not exactly, but summarize broadly what the sequence of events is? I mean, the 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 dream that Balder had. Yes. So he has dreams mm -hmm. and he is so disturbed by the content of these that he goes and tells his mum. Okay. Which is fair because yeah. she is like, you know, serious, powerful, knows what she's doing with stuff. And he kind of goes up, oh, mother, I've had these, you know, weird dreams and no, I didn't eat cheese that late. <laughs> so quit it. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh, okay. Because he has dreams about his impending death. Which is not fun. No, it's not fun. So he has dreams about his death being very close. So his mother, Frigga, then takes it upon herself to go out and extract an oath from every living thing that it will not harm her son. So I have heard this bit. Yes. Um, I didn't realise, I'd never clicked on this was in response to a dream. I remember hearing about Frigga going around the place. You'd say Frigga, didn't you? Yes. She extracts oaths from every living thing hmm. that it will not harm Balder because he is so loved. Yes. She binds each living thing into an oath of non-violence against him. Hmm. Apart from one. She misses a hawthorn? Mistletoe. Mistletoe. She misses a mistletoe and she looks at it and says, oh, it's so young and so insignificant. I don't need to ask it to swear. It can do no harm anyway. Mistletoe? Yeah. Mistletoe's poisonous, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Speaking as a druid, obviously, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where you get the mistletoe, which is what then Loki, as an old woman, talks with Frigga and says, oh, do you do make everything swear? And she says, yep, 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 definitely did, apart from that wee little insignificant twig over there. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So Loki finds the one thing in the entirety of reality that can still hurt Baldur. That can still hurt Baldur. And some translations will say he fashioned a dart or a spear, like a wooden spear, mm -hmm. or just a little dart point, just like a little sharp tip. Yeah. So when all the gods find out that there's every living thing has given its oath to not hurt Balder, they start making a game by throwing stuff at him. Because you would. 
Because of course you would. You're gods. I mean, you're gods. And also, it's like... Um, it's like in one of the early Terry Pratchett books when the guy um, the guy was murdered in the men, in the mended drum yeah for pub. being called Vince the Invincible because he and the, and the watch the watch refused to to, to do an inve- murder investigation because they said it was his own fault yeah because he walked into the pub and announced he was called Vincent the Invulnerable yes it's like <laughs> that so it's that then that game takes a very unexpected turn and you mm. get Baldur's death resulting from it. Doesn't but it he... all starts off with his dreams. He gives doesn't he give the dart to Hod? Hod. And encourage him and he Hod's blind, isn't he? Yes, so can't join in because he can't see where Balder is standing, so can't really throw anything at him and watch it bounce off. Yeah, so Loki hands his hands in this thing and says, "Here, in, I don't want you to miss out on all the here. fun." Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do vaguely remember. I don't also want to ask as well. Uh, it's a, it's a bit, a bit off the um, thing. Because we never do like tangents. We never do tangents. We definitely don't. We stay completely focused, highly academic all the time. Carry on. What were you is saying? Is there any? Um, assumed relationship between, and I'm I'm only very vague. I'm a, it's a very vague connection, I know. But is there any assumed relationship between that story mm. and the story of Achilles? Not that I know of. Because it, I don't know. For some reason, it just strikes me as as I mean, it's a it's a different mechanism, obviously. Mm. But it strikes me as this thing where you've got this 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 finding the one this mother yeah. who uses magic to ensure that her her son will be vulnerable essentially yes. that he can't be killed, um, but for the fact that like you say there is one just one tiny little weak point yeah. in the case of Balder it's one thing that can hurt him yeah. in the case of Achilles it's one place where he can be hurt is round his heel where his mother held him while she was dipping him into the magic yeah. potion or what have Sheep you. dip. Yeah. Um, and so from then on, it presumably didn't occur to her to like take hold Grab of the, the, other heel. the other foot and dunk him again. <laughs> um, you know. But No, I just wondered if, 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 if there no, was any... Not that I know of, no. Any, any, any sort of influence there. But Okay, no. sorry, carry on. It's all right. One of the translations has Hod as Baldur's brother. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, it is a bit. I didn't realise that. Yeah. I mean, I th- I I kind of, I kind of felt bad for Hod anyway, to be honest, because it's like you know he ends up in that position of, of I'm the one that's killed, you know, the shining one. Yeah. And I didn't want to, but no, something's gone wrong, and yeah, that I I always thought that must be must have been a terrible position to be in but his brother as well yeah so dreams the whole thing is set off by dreams okay you've also got the goddess not n-o-double-t the knight who is given in her titles as goddess of dreams okay um, in the Alvis Mal, not Elvis Mal. That's definitely yeah. a different kind of saga. 
That's that's the one with all the rhinestones, isn't it? Thank you very much. <laughs> Not the Elvis Mal, but the Alvis Mal, a dwarf called Alvis, mm -hmm. is um, basically doing an exposition dump. Right. <laughs> Good. That's <laughs> that some of the saga tales do. And he's talking about... It's like, show not tell, Alvis, show not tell. Yeah, no, he hasn't quite got the memo on that one. And he's talking about the goddesses and uh, the epithets. And in this particular thing, he talks about not and her alternative titles. And Goddess of Dreams is one of them. See, I've never heard of her. I have I have to be honest, I've never heard that. I don't ever heard that name before. I've, I've heard of the... Um, uh, the Roman uh, goddess Nox. Yes. And I've heard of the Egyptian goddess Nut. Yeah. But I'd never heard of Not. Not. N-O-T-T. Okay. She's described as um, dark because mm -hmm. she's the night. Yeah. And she's also has three children by three separate um, husbands, I think. Okay. And the middle one is Yod. Yod, as in... Mother of Thor. Oh. Okay. So his grandmother is the knight. That's right, because Thor is the son of Odin. Yeah. But not the son of Frigga. Not the son of Frigga. Or, or Frigg. Okay. Whereas Yod. Baldur is son of Frigga and Odin. Okay. So he's half-brother to Odin. Half-brother to Thor. That's what I meant. <laughs> Clearly. Of course. I'm so, not at all confused. That's fine. Dreams. Let's dreams. go back to them. Dreams. What dreams may come like buses where you wait for them and then six come along at once. I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to say it then because... If you say it, I'm off. If you build it. That one? If you... You know, what was that thing where... If I say it, they will come. Yeah, no. Yeah. What was that thing? Oh, it was an episode of South Park where they have... um uh, Somebody mentions a song. I think it's... I can't think what the song is, but... There's a there's a it's very early early season of South Park and one of the one of the uh, Cartman discloses that this this particular song that once he hears the first line of it mm -hmm. he has to sing all the rest okay he has to sing the rest of the song so of course having let this slip um, all the other three just every time they want him to shut up they just say the first line of this song <laughs> and then he has to finish it off and. Yeah. Or it's like the, 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 the guys in Blackadder, when the, the, the theatre guys in Blackadder, if somebody says Macbeth, and they have to go through this whole ritual before they can do... Any, any more of anything. To, yeah, yeah. To, to try to dispel the, the bad luck. Um, but I'm the same. If you, if, you, if you had said what dreams may come mm -hmm. and finished that line off, we would have been here to the end of the soliloquy. What dreams may come. Can I remember that soliloquy? <laughs> I cannot. Good. Please tell me that soliloquy. You don't want me to do that. Yeah, I do. Actually, it's been a long time. I'm not sure I can, could remember it. It's the one that goes, uh, it's the Hamlet one, you know. That doesn't narrow it down. <clears throat> There's a good few soliloquies in that play. He is on his own Yeah. Uh, in the castle lurking around. Well, looking, that doesn't narrow all, it down. Looking all David Tennanty. That doesn't either. 
And he says, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing envy. And so on. And I'm not going to do the whole thing because it takes like half an hour and we've got a Frithcast to do. Marry me, woman. <laughs> but there is the line where he's... To sleep perchance to dream. Yeah. Yeah. To die, to sleep, no more. Keep there, there, there. And then he gets to... To die, to sleep, to sleep perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. That one. Sorry, but my brain stopped and my knees have gone wobbly. Okay. <laughs> Lordy, it got warm in here. <laughs> Thank you, dear. That was lovely. It was grim as... <laughs> it's a grim as soliloquy. It is. <laughs> but somehow my wife reciting it makes it lovely. Anyway, I can't remember what all the all the fardels are. The fardels? You, yeah, far, you've got fardels. Later on, you've got fardels. Yeah. Not not first off. For who would who would bear the whips and scorns of time? Uh, yeah, quietus. Uh, something something something. I can't remember the first one. The proud man's contumely. The pangs of despised love. The laws delay. The insolence of office. And the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes. And he refers to these as the, the, the these fardels. Okay. And it's basically, a fardel was like a, it was like a big bundle of... Um, firewood and sticks and firewood stuff. Firewood and sticks and stuff that you yeah. had to carry. And it's like, you know, you've, you're constantly having to live through life, dealing with all this garbage. Mm. And he's like, wouldn't it be better just to, just, uh, yeah. you know... And then he decides that actually, no, it wouldn't. And then Ophelia turns up and suddenly things kind of go... South. Yeah, I mean, things don't go terribly well, I admit. No. But it is Hamlet. It is. I, I... Spoiler alert, everybody dies. Basically, yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll cut all that. No, no, we won't. Okay. <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> go on, then. So... Dreams, we know the Baldur's drama, the Baldur's dream, the one that sets off the events that lead to the death of Baldur. Mm -hmm. Dreams and sagas, they, they're very sort of marked as different from reality, but very much um, connect to the events of the waking life of the characters. Okay. So they're kind of like ours. We're like, okay, if we work in an office, we're suddenly dreaming of an office with polar bears in it. And it's kind of connected, but it's very clearly not, if that makes sense. I did that once. When our brain wakes up. And dreams are odd because they're the only state where your brain is simultaneously creating and experiencing a reality second by second. It's amazing what they can do. I, I used to... Um... I used to work in an office um, answering the telephone and uh, I remember um, getting up to go to work one day, um, got up, had a shower, got dressed, uh, left the house, got in the car, drove to work, listening to music on the way to work, 
got to work, blipped myself into the office, logged into my computer, started taking phone calls. And I must have been there for, I don't know, I mean, it felt like quite a while. And then I woke up. Oh. And I was at home. Oh. And... Dream work is just... Yeah. No. And I had to do the whole going to work thing again. And you know what? They wouldn't let me claim overtime. That's harsh. I thought that was completely unfair. I'm like, I've done like three hours work for you or whatever it's it was. Out of order, really. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. No. But no, no, no. Because it's all in your head, they said. Yeah. I get that. Anyway, carry on. So, saga writers see dreams as a key to the future, not a key to your inner character or your inner self. Okay. They see it as a key to future events, which is kind of what the Balder's dream is. It's not a key. It's not an insight into who Balder is as a person. Yeah. It's an insight into his future. It's a future flash of something. So it's kind of a prophetic thing rather than, as we might look at it, even from a, you know, say, for example, a psychoanalytic sort of Freudian point of view. It's not about interpreting problems that you're having now. Yeah, or or the imagery in the dream into aspects of your life. No, it's a very much a a straightforward, this is what is going to happen. Okay. And there are other sagas where a very similar thing happens that prophetic kind of some of it you need to go through a dream interpreter for some of it like balder's dream is very very straightforward so um laxdale saga gudrun dreams of four husbands okay and gets them pretty accurately to the ones she's dreamed of fair enough all um, at once, or one at a time? Or? Uh, generally, I, do you know, I don't know. It's been a long time since <laughs> I've read like Stalin Saga. <laughs> um, in Gunlaug's saga, uh, Thorstein has a dream, but it's interpreted. Okay. So he dreams in symbolism, and it has to be interpreted by somebody. And the way that they can then interpret the images, he sees a series of images one after the other. Yeah. And then the dream interpreter comes and goes, right, it's this, this, this and this. And that's what happens. Right. So. So that's a, li- that's a little bit more like. Um, it's like a sense of foreshadowing of the future. I'm trying to think of the dude in the Bible. Um, that doesn't narrow it, it down. There are. Admittedly, there are a fair few dudes in the Bible. <laughs> one or two in there. Um, oh, Joseph. It, I was going to say Joseph, and then I'm thinking, is it Jacob, who has the interpretive dreams of Egypt? It's Joseph, isn't it? Because it's of... seven seven thin calves and a fat calf, and then seven fat calves and a thin one. That's and... right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And he go he gets taken off to technical a dream coat is it time is, is it he gets us taken off to pharaoh or something yeah and I has d- to tell his dream to pharaoh to say you were going to have seven seven good years followed by seven lean years yeah that's and that's right. exactly what happens and pharaoh stockpiles grain and that's the only way his people get through it that one that's that's the one i was yeah. thinking of that and not not to be confused with um the um, Prince Regent in Blackadder 3. 
when he's in the last episode of that series when he's Blackadder walks in he says ah oh, Blackadder it has been a strange day, a strange night full of wild dreams and omens and he and he says I did I did see such a thing and su- such another thing and he says and also such a person's cows did turn and eat each other as usual <laughs> like where's the usual why <laughs> yes that but not that <clears throat> so there are examples in the sagas of dreams being sh- foreshadows even mm. if sometimes you have to get them interpreted yeah and the dreams in the sagas sometimes they it, there's a couple of occasions they give women agency okay and there's one and i can't remember which saga it's from where it's a very passive she doesn't get empowered by the things she's dreamt she gets almost disempowered by it right um but if you look at Yomsvika saga dreams are used differently dreams in that saga aren't used as a foreshadow or a thing to drive the narrative forward they're used as like embellishment okay they're used as sort of um they're used to emphasize what's going on rather than to foreshadow what's going on uh-huh so they're used in a slightly different way. So I think for me, Balder's dream falls into that first category of prophetic almost yeah, prophetic dreams that get interpreted and that people take action on because of. Which Yeah, which, <clears throat> which does raise the the, the point which is something that would interest me because I mean we end up back in all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again kind of territory. We do but time is um, wibbly wobbly. It, well it is wibbly wobbly um, I know because I was told by somebody who would know yes. um, but we went there last time or we, we, we will we go did. there last time <laughs> that doesn't make any sense but it will do but it's one one thing that 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 is quite interesting is is we talk of the the dream of Balder, and we talk of the fact that um, he has a dream about the fact that he's going to die. Yes. He goes to his mum, and says, "Mum, I've had this dream. Please do something about it." And she does. And she does. And as you said at the beginning. That sets in motion the sequence of events that results in his death. Yes, man often meets his fate on the road to avoiding it. Yeah, yes. You see, I was thinking of um, the Mirror of Galadriel. Yes. Um, in The Lord of the Rings. And where um, the the fellowship in the in in the in the first of the three books, the fellowship find their way to Lothlorien, um, and they meet the elven lady Galadriel, um, and she shows them, um, or, or a few of them, she shows them her mirror, which is a sort of a basin, <clears throat> a basin. I want to say like a font. Yeah, sort of like thing a with basin with, in a pedestal thing going yeah. on. Yeah, um, with 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 water in it, and they look into the water and they will see visions. 
I'm primarily remembering the film version because I'm I'm not great at reading. Uh, I'm not great at having the focus to sit and read novels. So, um, but I'm primarily remembering the film version. I might even be able. I, I might even be remembering the the Ralph Bakshi animated Whoa. version. But I remember Frodo. Uh, Sam. Sam. Yes, Sam. Looking into the mirror and he sees havoc in the Shire. Yeah, he sees the harrowing of the Shire. Yeah. And he says he's got to go home. He needs to go home. He needs to break off from this this adventure and go home and help. Yeah. And Galadriel says something along the lines of, um, you know, people see many things in the mirror. Mm. Not, not all of them will come to pass um, unless those who behold the visions turn aside from their path to prevent them. Yes. This is very Norse. It, well, I mean, Tolkien, obviously, yeah. you know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming, um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing links where, the, you know, all over the place where there might not necessarily yeah, be links. Yeah, because we don't but... ever do that, lovely listeners. No, of course, of course we don't. <laughs> but I'm now wondering, did, did Tolkien have Baldur's Dream in his mind when he wrote that scene? Um, you know, the idea that, that by... You know, his was his idea of the future something that was flexible and could be changed? Mm. Or was it that prophecy was showing you what the future was going to be? And this... Or prophecy shows you what you need to see. Oh, well, yeah, there's another. And there's where we're... The, this is where we start getting really a little bit trippy and don't mind about the vase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Yes. Yes. What vase? That vase. Yeah. Um. Yes, but there was no spoon. There, no. Um. Yeah, but I mean, again, this. I mean, this brings into into into, for me, something that's that's always been absolutely fascinating, which is, you know, what what is the nature of the future. You know, what does it look like? What shape is it? What what not only what sort of what what are we each going to do? Things like free will. I mean, do we have free will? If if there is such a thing as you know, free will is very important in certainly in, in, in Christian philosophy. You know, it's a very important idea there. It's a lot of people consider it to be a, a, a given. Of course we have free will, we can make decisions and so forth. Mm. But 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 can we? Yeah. Because if you can see the future and if everything is by design, yeah. then you ever have free will. Yeah. And it's the same if you look at the influence of the Norns. Now, for me, the Norns may plot major points in my life, mm. but they don't plot all the pieces in between. No. Because without free will, I have no responsibility. True, I suppose. Because if I don't have free will... Everything is predetermined. I have no responsibility for my own actions because I can just go, ah, predetermined. But I'm meant to do that. You, you live in a society. We live in a society. We do. Most of one. Um, oh, yeah. um, but your society will treat you as though you have free will. Yes. And you will always feel as though you have free will. Yeah. You can make a decision. You can... You can be be given, you know, three upturned cups. Which one is the ball, little, little ball under? Yeah. And you can pick, 
I mean, that's a bad example because usually the person's manipulating you as to which one to choose. But... And you lift one and there's a really, really angry cat. <laughs> but you're all right. Shroding you're getting... his balls. Yeah. Shroding his balls. <laughs> um, but you have a choice to make and you can make that decision and you can go through all those processes in your head that will lead you to that decision, whatever they may be, whatever the magnitude of the decision might be. You know, even if it's only pick a card or if it's, you know, shall I flip the lever on the trolley problem or, or, or what yeah, have you. And that brings in echoes of the multiverse. Well, this, this is exactly it. Yeah. You see the, but you see, the multiverse also renders your free will irrelevant. Mm. Because if you accept the existence of a multiverse where, which is the, 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 the sort of semi-physics... Quasi-physics, let's say, idea that uh, whenever a decision has to be made, whether it's a, a, a conscious one or, a, or a, a natural one, you know, which way is a particle going to bounce or whatever, um, the universe breaks into, splits into as many versions of itself as it needs to, to accommodate all the possibilities. And each one of those branches carries on as its own separate universe. But the problem is... That also destroys your free will or removes your free will because it means that whatever, you know, you've got your three cards in front of you, you've got to pick one. And the universe splits into three mm. to accommodate each choice. You have no free will because you've made all three decisions. You already have made the decision. You will make the decision. You are making the decision. Exactly. Yeah. And with the multiverse... It also brings into the curious idea that if we do have a multiverse, are our dreams just reflections of ourselves in a multiverse? Well, our reflections in mirrors are. Oh, now we're getting... <laughs> See, I wasn't going to go there. The lovely listeners, look at them. They're all just like, whoa, spaced out, you know. Just see, I've always been a loaded brain. This, you see, this is why I don't do, I don't do mirrors if I can avoid it. Yeah, so... I, I, I always feel like it's not me looking back at me. Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking at... Here's another aspect to it. If you do oracular work and you're looking at the existence of a multiverse, mm. where are you reading? And are you telling somebody to not mind about the vase? Or are you telling somebody an accurate depiction of where they need to go or an accurate depiction of what will happen? Yeah. Because they're two very different things. And ethically, you then have to wrestle with that as a reader of cards, of runes, of bones, of tea, of palms, whatever it is. Mm. At some point, you've got to square up to where is that coming from? Yeah. And is it a multiverse? Are you seeing reflections of yourself? Is it that you're seeing the closer you're seeing into the future, the less, the more likelihood it is of happening because there are less possibilities. And the more further you're going into the future, the more possibilities, so the harder it is to keep track of the threads. Always in motion is the future. <sighs> well, did he say always emotion is the future? I've never been quite sure. don't know. We might have to watch it again and find out. But I remember, I remember Yoda saying that... that um, Always in motion, the future is. Yeah, he had um, he had a limited ability to see what was coming, but it was like the more he concentrated, the more he focused on trying to see something specific, the more vague it all got. Yeah. Um, 
So where <clears> do those insights come from? Because when I read for other people, they're not coming from me. No. You know, it's... Are you... Somewhere else. It's something else. It's... When you... Whether it's through a dream, oniromancy, or... Which I still can't spell. Any other kind of mancy? Cartomancy? Nancy Mancy. Nancy Mancy. Fancy Mancy. Mm. Um, Fancy Pancy Mancy. <laughs> it's where it gets really complicated. <laughs> it's like the advanced degree version of it. Um. <laughs> That's just derailed your trouble. Yeah, of thought, completely. Isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm glad I can still do that. I was. Uh, no, I was just, I was just thinking, if, if you sort of, if you sort of do a, you know, whatever kind of reading is for somebody, and you get information about their present, and a lot of, I mean, I, I don't practice um, any, any sort of divination particularly. Um, I, 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 I sort of, I sort of, you know, I watch what other people do, but it's not a practice of mine. Um, but I can imagine you might um, you might give somebody a, a, a sort of into your your interpretation of the, the the cards or the runes or whatever it is or the dream uh, that they've described to you or whatever. You can give them that interpretation. You say, okay, this is how the situation is now, and then you can say this suggests that things are going to go in a certain particular direction. Mm -hmm. Again, do they have the choice of being... A, are you preparing them for something that is going to happen? Or are you giving them a heads up so they can avoid a certain thing? Yeah. Or, or is if, the telling them that, that things are going this particular direction mean that that thing does or does not happen? Does the fact that they're expecting the thing to happen guide them towards making that thing happen? Does the fact that we know that they know that we know that they know. <laughs> mean that they know anything. Because if Balder... we don't know it. If Balder hadn't gone to his mother mm. and said, I've had this dream, and she hadn't come up with this idea, well, I've got to protect my son. I mean, it's not a natural thing for her to want to do. I've got to protect my son. What's obviously from a point of view of a human, you know, if you're if you're concerned that um, you know a loved one is 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 going to be be, be in harm's way taken from you or, yeah. or put in harm's way or whatever, there are a multitude of things you could do. You could you know you could sort of you know keep them locked up in the house and never let them go anywhere and. Extreme, but, but yes. Well, but this is the point. This is a human. These are the things that humans might have within their capacity. Yeah. Yes, I mean you could do lesser things like you try to educate them about dangers and all that kind of thing. But I'm talking Go about and travel the worlds and extract an oath from every <clears throat> living thing. Well, this is my point. Um, in the case of to go fictional for a minute, um, I mean the case of Anakin Skywalker. Oh. Again, is a particularly. I wondered when he was going to come up it, in well, this he, conversation. He was going to come up because he he is the he is the fear. <clears throat> Something that I 
don't mind admitting I've written, you know, I've talked about many times is the fact that I have a very, very hard time dealing with change, with transience, with evanescence, if you like. Impermanence. Not the band. I quite like the. Yeah, I quite that's like good. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, impermanence, loss, is a huge, huge fear for me, and so I kind of relate to Anakin in yeah. his situation where, for some reason, he's having these visions that Padme is going to be. This is a old Star Wars stuff. If people aren't familiar, I think but they probably. I think they probably are, yeah. but. He, so he's having all these concerns that Padme is going to, is, is, is going to die. She's, he's going to lose her and he wants to protect her. So he's trying to um, work out whether he's got power that he can exert or power that he can discover that can, that can protect that. But obviously in the end, for all the power he manages to acquire... To, to acquire he can't do it, and in, in does that speed up what actually happens? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. There's the it's clunkily written and 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 so forth. It's better in the Clone Wars. It's better in the novel, to be honest. Yeah. The novelization is is does it much better. But the Clone Wars animated series does give an awful lot more steadiness to that flip. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, but we have the same thing now in terms of. Frigga, we're talking about a god. Yeah. So the All Mother, she who is queen of Asgard. Yeah. So she has every confidence that she can come up with what to a, a mere human would sound like an absolutely. I mean, to be honest, bordering on deranged. Yeah, but she has the power to do it. Idea, but she she can do it. Yeah. So she does. She takes this action and makes one decision yeah. while she's doing it. I'll leave that one. That's it's too small. It's too young to oath anything to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's too small. One decision. Now, and if, but if she hadn't been out on that, on that, doing that round and going and seeing everything in the nine worlds. Then everything could hurt him. Then everything could hurt him, but... Could it kill him? The gods would never have had that mm. flurry of throwing things at him. Yep. Loki would never have put the mistletoe spike in Hod's hand. Yep. Hod would never have thrown it with uh, the trickster's guidance. Mm -hmm. And Valdo wouldn't have died. Yeah. So it all... The pebble that starts the avalanche is his dream. Yeah. So, yeah. We've kind of come back full circle. Yes. Lovely listeners, I'm kind of hoping you're still with us because my mind is blown. Okay. Yeah. Lovely listeners, we're going to leave you with that very neatly circular thought and hope we will see you all back around the virtual campfire for next time. So if you want to find us online in the meantime, come and discuss some of this stuff with us. It would be awesome to see you around the virtual virtual campfire on our <laughs> discord server come and just chew the fat talk silliness talk star wars it's all good we can do you know what we can talk about you've been listening to us for over 100 episodes probably if you have all getting up there we're assuming yeah you have done will do are doing whatever it is you're doing very well keep it up yeah it's it's just great we'll just keep checking in with you every now and again to see <laughs> if you're all good especially if you're binging these 
more than like you know eight in a day then yeah we're just going to check in on you and just see how you're doing and all that because the silliness and everything if you want to find us online you can my name is suzanne martin you can find me on facebook under that name you can also find me on twitter at geetha in jeans and if you want to find me you're pretty much stuck with facebook um <laughs> i'm uh, i'm kate coldwind and you'll find me linked to suzanne but uh, if you want to find us uh, uh, collectively then we're on um, the best place to start would probably be facebook um, fb.com slash frithcast pod um, and from there you can find our page which links to our little group on there and has links to the discord server as well yeah, we, we so would love to see you there come and join us come and hang out come and talk to us about either this episode or any of the other previous episodes or Star Wars random stuff. Or Star Trek, just random as good. Random facts, Doctor Who. You kind of know the stuff that we talk about and you would be very, very welcome to join us. Indeed. So lovely, lovely listeners, thank you very much for spending this time with us around the virtual campfire. We'll see you all next time. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.